Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrive, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. This guy's singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and everything it takes inside your company to grow, build, deliver, sell, and price to customer perceived value. Today, I am thrilled to have a really cool guest, Alan Brunton. Alan is a founder of Symatrax, which is a technology company that has a real interesting technology that is a combination of perceptual physiology and technology. Alan, welcome. Hey, thanks, Mark. It is so, so great to be here with you this morning. So, you know, you and I have talked, and when I first heard about your your, your technology, I thought, oh, this is pretty woo-woo stuff. I, I think there's some people who are going to listen to this and start out doubting, but uh, tell people just a little bit about what your company, Symatrax, does. Uh, we've created software that will take digital audio and make it healthier for the listener. What do you mean healthier? I'm glad you asked. We've taken clinical trial data from several reputable R&D facilities like MIT, Harvard, Oxford, and they have been experimenting and doing clinical trials, um, evaluating how specific sound frequencies, digital audio, will raise your conscious, your cognitive ability of the brain, both subconscious and conscious. And then I also looked at how people were listening to white noise to put them to sleep and I said, okay, well, let's, let's just make it so that the music we listen to is, is better for us so that we can have more focused attention and not be put to sleep. Because after 15, 20 minutes, people are listening to it. They get relaxed. Well, the relaxation, according to the NIH um, from the 2015 clinical trial report I have, shows that you do go to sleep when you subject yourself to white noise. It lessens your heart rate. It lessens your your respiratory lessens the glands in your body from producing essential chemicals. I mean, it slows everything down. So what you're saying is different frequencies stimulate the human mind and the human body different ways. Correct. Some of them stimulate attention. Some of them stimulate relaxation. Some of them stimulate different uh, systems in the body. And some of them distract us and make us crazy. Correct. And the white noise, which is actually a mix of all frequencies, tends to be the distracting type. Is that right? You've got that right. And, um... and all the noise on an airplane is white noise. It's a mix of every different frequency. Right. And your brain is listening to that white noise and trying to make a pattern out of it. You've got and that right. Because your brain is working so hard to try to make a pattern out of something that has no pattern you can't get to sleep and your brain's not relaxing enough for you to sleep. So put some earplugs in and it'll be much. Yeah. And actually if, if everybody is really keen, in fact, I own a pair of Bose uh, noise canceling headphones. Uh, they, they have three different aspects of uh, uh, their noise canceling process. 
the primary, th I mean, the, the very first thing is the, the patent they have on the material that goes over the ear and it closes everything out to a point. And then the inside of the cup, that cork um, that bounces the sound off also is a, is a separate patent or several patents, but then they add white noise. So whenever you flip that switch, everything goes from a little bit muffed to completely muffed. So you're going to hear only the broadcast that's being put through there. Well, I said, okay, well, we just need to figure out then how to get rid even of the white noise that's just already in the digital code that we all listen to. And then as I spoke with a, a dear friend of mine who is the chief pediatric neurologist at the largest children's hospital here in Dallas, she said, Alan, I get it exactly what you're talking about. We can use that for so many different purposes as well. I mean, you're looking at digital audio, not just music. So now yeah, so the white noise tends to be distracting and you can add or, or increase or reduce the amount of white noise in an audio stream, which makes a lot of sense. Right. But what you've also discovered is that certain frequencies harmonize with attention. And so you can step up those frequencies within an audio stream to increase its absorbability or the, the uh, ability of people to hear and understand. Is that right? That's right. And then what you came across with was uh, the word attention. But the, the other word with that is retention. So what you're doing is you're, you're whenever the formula we've created to reduce the, the volume, the amplitude of white noise within digital audio, you're actually allowing these other specific frequencies to be able to travel more efficiently through the central nervous system, through the synaptic nerves and given a better communication with the brain. Yeah, so um, I, I knew from my time in the telecom industry as a product manager, uh, there was a time and they're still, they still do this to this day, that the phone switch that connects you and me to each other when we're talking over the phone system, they actually insert white noise yeah. Because if you hear silence on the other side of the phone, you thought the person got cut off. So in the right. old days, there was white noise. And so now that phone lines are capable of being quieter, people aren't comfortable with that. So they insert white noise into a phone call. So that's why I can't pay attention on the phone. Is that right? Well, yeah. And that's part of it. I'll give you another example that it's something you just brought up. Whenever you do call somebody and they put you on hold, some of them have the crappiest soundtracks playing that are just so agitating to you. Well, that is on the call center performance valuation um, agenda. What they try to do is to get you so um, hyped up with energy so that you will be able to talk to the customer service person faster so that their grade on t clarifying and taking care of your problem is rectified very quickly so they can build better numbers to sh so show what their call center is is actually taking care of. If oh, you're listening to evil. If you're listening to really soothing music and you're laying there and you're going, oh, this is great. I got so many problems. I'll just sit here and rest while I'm waiting for 20 minutes for that phone rep. They go, okay, let's take care of your problem. Huh? Well, wait a second. Um, I need to wake up. Uh, wait, wh what is, wait, I had all my thoughts in line, but now that I, wait, I, I need to remember. And so the, that, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it reduces, it, it drags up call times. Correct. Well, well. I, I can see why you want to do that, but it seems so manipulative. 
But what? It well, is... let, 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 let's go down to the basic. Let's go down to a a, a, a box restaurant like uh, Applebee's or TGI Fridays or Chili's. Whenever people come in, they open their doors, they raise up the volume and they make it even louder and louder as more people come in. They train their, their serving staff to be able to say specific things, tell you what to order, how to order. They get the food out as soon as possible. They check on you and then they drop the check so they can get more butts in the seat and have turnover. Yep. They don't want you to think for yourself. Otherwise, you'll be sitting there at the table for hours. <laughs> I had a, a summer job once uh, at a kind of high-end restaurant and one night this couple came in had a, for a romantic dinner and they got the best seat the corner table with two windows overlooking the the harbor and uh they were the last seat and they stayed for hours and hours and finally the restaurant manager turned the air conditioner to meat locker <laughs> and, and so everybody was being really polite and sweet to them and and helpful and you know do can i get you anything else and pretty soon the woman like was shivering and the man gave her her jacket and they were talking for a little while later in 10 minutes they were like on their way out the door yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and that is you know just so much of the way many years ago i was um and when i was back in college or actually out of college um i was a captain assistant maitre d at the third finest french restaurant in the country and it was one of those kind of things very very elegant you could talk very softly to the person next to you However, that has changed. Uh, there's a very uh, nice steakhouse here in Dallas called Nick and Sam's that is so loud. Um, somebody took me there for my birthday and it was so loud. I had to yell at the waiter to order. I had to yell at my date to be able to converse with her. We were two tables away from a live piano. I could not hear a single note yeah. that piano was playing. Yeah, what's that? What is that? Is is that just to create excitement and fun and buzz and and to help turn tables? At, that's it exactly. And you know, people want to to feel energized and be seen, but you can do that very very cautiously and under your best physical circumstance and emotional circumstance whenever it's just very quiet. But the management system that's in place right now all across the industry wants to continue to turn those tables. And so with a good, very well-trained server at your table, that's exactly what they're going to do. The maitre d' will say, okay, you've got an hour and a half to put these people through four courses, okay? And two bottles of wine. And that's it because we got another table coming in an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. So audio is super important in all areas of our customer experience. We've just been not paying attention to it. And now you've taken uh, this understanding of how audio can become more attentive and retentive. Right. And you process audio streams to boost their attentive and retentive potential. Is that correct? Yeah, if you if you look at uh, corporate training, which is a big thing, and I mean, I was speaking with an executive at Deloitte about this uh, a while back, and uh, they will do anything to get their employees trained properly for retention. They gave me numbers that were saying that only eight to twelve percent of all corporate training is 
uh, or the people engaged in that are totally engaged. The next 40% only retain 30% of what they're being taught. So the last 50% are totally disengaged. They're on their phone while the presentation's going on, talking to the wife, kids, girlfriend, whatever, taking care of that. And they don't really even care because there is this buzzing in the audio that actually takes them away and they try to distance themselves from that. Yeah, uh, we, uh, we used to say there's attendees, there's vacationers and there's prisoners. Yeah, <laughs> you got um, it. But when you're using the audit, the audio stream as a way of kind of shifting the percentage of people to increase the number of attendees, participants, right? Um, you're, you're increasing for free for the same amount of time, you're increasing the effectiveness of that training. You're increasing the effectiveness of this podcast. You're, uh, you're a sponsor of my podcast. And so uh, by the time people are listening to this podcast, the last uh, eight or so podcasts will be using your technology. And so, which I, yeah, which, which I'm, I'm so very happy to be able to work with you on this because uh, it just means so much to so many people. One thing that we haven't even discussed that is uh, what the, our company is going to be doing um, in our next round of uh, fundraising is going to be applying this to healthcare. And because I told you about the neurologist that I know, uh, I did meet another neurologist who is head of neurobiology at University of Alabama, Birmingham. Both of them believe that we can use this technology, adjusting the frequencies as a daily therapy for autism. Wow. Yeah. It's all about the frequencies. Nikola Tesla said that a long time ago. And it, it's actually coming out because the, the, the technology of research is growing so fast right now. We understand that the sound we subject ourselves to is radically inherent to the quality of our lives. Wow, very impressive. And um, it'd be um, keep me up to date with how that's going. There's there's got to be um, all kinds of different potential uses for this. And you're talking with uh, folks in the government about making messages more impactful. Um, we're talking about training, making training more impactful. Uh, we're doing my podcast to see if people listen or enjoy them or, or learn more from the podcast. I, I try to make the content really valuable for folks, but um, people are listening to it while they're on the treadmill in a, in a, a gym. And so right. I wanna make sure that um, I get the fair, you know, that you get the fair share of attention. Well, I, I greatly I appreciate she, that. I know she's cute and has really great spandex, but listen to us. Listen to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, when you talked about even the government. Yeah, you know, uh, a couple of months ago, I presented this to the American Freedom Series, and and spoke with a general who wanted to take our algorithm, put it into a silicon chip, and then put that into an RF radio, so the boots on the ground would actually understand and retain the information that's being directed at them faster, quicker, easier, and longer. So as soon as their manufacturer and I get together and work out some things, then we'll, we will actually do that and take the algorithm and put it into a chip. I mean, once we go there. Well, once it's in a chip, now I should be putting it on my uh, podcaster microphone. So yep. everything I say uh, doesn't even hit my computer before it's been processed. 
Well, I mean, whoever is going to be processing your uh, your podcast also, the thing about it, what we could do is just like use it as a plugin for Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, or, or we could even do it then for your carrier so that the premium listeners or the people that want to uh, utilize this could actually just hit the premium button and we could use the technology to stream anything that is being held in that area to do the same thing. Wow. Very interesting. So um, what other uses are you thinking of for this technology? Well, and like I said, it's um, because of the, the possibility of, of autism, uh, over the past couple of years, I've attended a couple of uh, neurology conventions here in Dallas. And um, after keynote speakers, I'll, I'll corner somebody and to, to be able to sit down and have a discussion with them for 15, 20 minutes, or even, you know, buy them a, a glass of wine or a scotch at the bar to be able to discuss. And they look at me, um, keynote speakers, to which I'm thrilled to be a keynote speaker at a health conference, a global health conference. I don't know if you saw my posting on that, but I am just thrilled to be invited for that. Uh, but they looked at me and said, well, yeah, as soon as you show any type of positive signs for autism, then it's just logical for this application to go after so many other neurological disorders uh, like PTSD. ADHD, stroke, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. What we're doing in this is something that, that, that I consider to be very, very simple. And that is we are actually optimizing uh, the synaptic nerves right here to open up. And some of them are not as nice and, and tree-like in branches. But what we're able to do with this is to be able to optimize the delivery through that signal in a process called signal transduction. And every single cell in the body is influenced by chemical, heat, light, and sound. So that's what exactly what we're doing here is to influence the entire physiology of the body to optimize its the human potential. You know, this is one of those spooky areas where you've got a technology that could go so many places and you're um, a company and you're trying to figure out, do I pursue them all? Which ones don't I pursue yet? Where do I go? So what? So I'm switching from your technology to you as a, a leader of a, of a company and trying to grow a business. How do you figure out which low hanging fruit is the, the easy one and what, what considerations you use, right? So now I'm going, I'm having a business conversation, not a technology Correct. conversation with you. Correct. Yeah. And there are so many things that um, in the early days, after we first got the, the software developed that uh, uh, a VC would, would look at me and say, well, you've got to focus on one area because you're looking at everything of music, podcasts, corporate training, online education. Oh, online education, COVID, hello. Uh, we, we looked at the words, just like you said, low-hanging fruit, and the individual podcasters that we are getting right now, and we've got over 50 podcasters using our technology, um, That and one of them is like a, an ex-NASA scientist that... Uh, it was just thrilled to be able to, to have us uh, sponsor what she's doing. Um, no, it's, we, we look at, because there's tens of thousands of people doing podcasts now. 
So those are the ones that, especially the, the newbies that want to add such a great value to their listening audience that will come and use our technology because they want to be able to have a step up on all the other people coming up there. And like somebody like you that has that little sign down on the, on the bottom that says digital audio powered by Cymatrax. They'll go, well, what is this? And just, it is something that you don't even realize you're getting the secret ingredient that nobody else is using. All right, Alan, I'm going to push back a little bit. And this is not in my own interest. Um, how do you measure the value of that podcast being more attentive or retentive? How do you get people to say, yeah, I've got more listeners and they're better listeners and they like it better? Okay, well, I mean, let me just push back at you for asking that question then too. What's the value of eating organic fruits and vegetables as compared to pesticides? Is that measurable? Eventually. In Eventually. Life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. But we do have the, the showing of the physics of how specific frequencies actually moves matter, yeah. how it will optimize the delivery through the synaptic nerves. Yeah. Like I so said, I, I'm, not, I'm not pushing back in saying that I doubt it. I'm pushing okay. back uh, from a business leader to say, is this a pioneer application where you can measurably show that podcasts with Symatrax audio processing are somehow better and have more value. So now I can take that information and take it to the Department of Defense. I can take it to uh, these people studying autism. Yeah. Or should we start with you know the the autism folks, or should we start with the training folks? Um, that that's where I'm going with the question. Yeah, and and the people the the authentication on using the specific code that's been written for our software will um, have to be documented and published by uh, a, a, a clinical trial for autism. Yep. Once we, and, and that in itself, we do have a program all set up. We were going to be using 40 students from the University of North Texas. Um, everybody was going to listen to three different recordings, 18 minutes worth of uh, the original and 18 minutes of the other uh, randomized uh, bl double blind study yeah, um, we were getting ready to present that to the administration. I was working with the VP of business development there at University of North Texas and COVID hit. Yeah, we didn't so, have access to the college students. Yeah. So when when that happens, I, I guess even if it had gone forward and you would be able to show usefulness for autism, which is a big enough market. Right. Um, I, I hang out with doctors and yeah. they'll say, and at best case, they'll say it works for autism, but I don't know that it's going to work for Parkinson's. We're going <laughs> to have to repeat the whole thing for Parkinson's. Absolutely. So, so is there something that is a, a better beachhead that says, oh, it worked there? For sure, it's going to work here. I don't even have to study it. Let's, let's, jump, let's jump on that. Well, no, with government restrictions, you always have to be able to, um, for any kind of, of, of illness, let's say, uh, that's been defined by the FDA or the yeah. CDC or whatever, you have to have protocols set for every single definition of a neurological disorder. Yeah. So you, you need, when you're doing medical research into one of these neurological disorders, uh, it is a stepwise thing, and each one is its own precious jewel. Yes. Um, before you go off, you can't just take it off label and use it for new 
applications. But if you prove it in training or learning, yep. now you pretty much have a, a, a wide open territory. You don't have to start each new training program as its own precious jewel. You can uh, have it more broadly. Yeah, let's go look at something else then too. Let's look at the meditation app market, which is a $450 million a year industry. I have contacted the top 10 of those and not one of them has any clinical trial data. They have their own in-house trials. And so even with that, so you're looking at people that listen to meditation music during the day to reduce their stress, but they have no trials. Yeah. So it's the same, same conference, but yet they are, like I said, $450 million a year industry that's going strong right now. It's even going stronger. Yeah. Really interesting. So the, the world is your oyster. Uh, and the, the, your problem is that there are so many applications and you've got to uh, figure out, have, have a view towards what they all might be because you want to make sure your solution is architected for as many of them uh, out of the box as possible. But you also want to be judicious about which ones you pursue first and where the value is. And that's right. And, and, and I do have, you just said the keynote word that just puts goosebumps all over my arms. Uh, over three months ago, I partnered with a company in Austin called Alcon DTS. Ah. And uh, the, uh, the, uh, founder, uh, C, um, uh, CEO of that company, uh, Eduardo Contreras, is actually, um, he came from healthcare cybersecurity. And I met him through uh, C-Suite Network. And from the two of us, he just sees the value of everything we're doing. So we partnered, he owns a good percent of the company right now. They are on the last day or two of completing the architectural framework of our new website so that we can expand into so many different areas. While the, the thing that everybody is going to be seeing with simatracks.com starting within two days is actually going to be just very, very subtle, but they'll have all these drop down menus so we can go into all these different areas. Yeah. And so I'm very excited about that. And to um, actually, we are, our corporate office is located in Austin, Texas. Yeah, maybe you've got a licensing business so that yeah. different people can, can license your technology. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, no, I've got people coming to me right now saying, can we be the facilitator to install this into a licensing agreement for other people? Yeah. I said, sure, let's talk about it. Yeah. Right now, yeah. I mean, the, the Symetrax uh, Incorporated is a Texas C Corp. And, you know, we, we're still looking at, at filling board member seats. We're looking, you know, for uh, people that actually want to sink investment money and opportunities into the company. But uh, right now we're, we're on, on schedule and on track for what, what we're going to do. Uh, we'll make a PR announcement about the agreement with Alcon probably in the next week or two. Actually, just so you know, that that announcement will have come out by the time we have, are airing it. So that, that announcement has already happened for those yeah. of you listening. Yeah. Um, so we're, um, we could just keep going on and on talking about all kinds of different applications. Is there something that uh, you want to make sure that we cover before we uh, wrap it up and tell people how they can get a hold of you and learn more? One thing that I want to say, actually, COVID has been a blessing for me because it has put me into the opportunity of going on.
reality to meeting people and the everybody has been focused now then on instead of driving to the office and spending time there and being distracted they're focusing on themselves and they're understanding what is the best way I can do for myself to optimize my own potential. But this is one of those things that we're talking about because yeah. the sound that you subject yourself to, um, you, you've got to understand. I mean, one, one of the, the problems that uh, like college students going off to the dormitory, the, the nightstand next to them is that little refrigerator that has the generator that constantly runs all the time. And while they're sitting there trying to study, they've got that subconscious sound going all the time, taken away from their ability to cognitively uh, render data that they're trying to bring in. Yeah. So this way, and when you're in your own, I mean, my, I'm in my home office right now. Um, it, it, is, it is just a way to be able to, um, Tell people, look at yourself and how do you want to be able to make yourself better? So how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Um, we do have the website, uh, www.cymatrax.com, C-Y-M-A-T-R-A-X. Would love to be able to talk to anybody. Um, I usually get up at four o'clock every morning, start answering emails and go to bed by you know, later on, but uh, I'll shut my computer down by about six o'clock in the evening. So, you know, if you do contact me, I will be there for you. Um, you know, my, my telephone number, actually, <laughs> I do have uh, a corporate office number going up on, on the new website. But if you find me on LinkedIn, uh, we can actually do a Zoom call with each other and discuss this even further. I love Zoom calls. Super. I really do. I mean, no, with, with this high definition camera and, and the high definition microphone and these, these headphones, I mean, I, I, I get to meet the internal person and their personality like this so much easier than actually being out in a distracted area. But like I said, the one-on-one -on -one handshake is still the best. All right. Well, Alan, thank you so much. Um, it's re really been a pleasure. Mark, I, I greatly appreciate this opportunity. And uh, like I said, uh, what you're doing to promote what we're doing is actually an, an act of kindness to humanity because this technology will get out there and be used by over 4 billion people every day, sooner or later. That's great. And thanks everybody for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast, where we believe that value only exists in your customer's mind, which means your success with your customer lies all in your customer's head. Thanks and have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy because value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're going to drive both of you insane. And if you ignore your customer's outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues because you'll be singing those old don't know value This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.